Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. Today, I have the privilege of talking to Kim Austin, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Stantec, about her career journey and all the lessons she's learned along the way. I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for joining me. For those of our listeners who don't know who you are, could you give a quick intro of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. My name is Kim Austin. I am a vice president at Stantec for our marketing communications and PR team. I help lead our team of marketing professionals across the organization of about 350. We have grown tremendously over the years. So sometimes when I say that number, it still shocks me. My particular focus is on our distributed team out in the regions and in our sectors. We have a number of professionals, graphic designers, marketing specialists, managers, directors, writers that are really helping our company win work, brand ourselves and and grow the business. So I get the pleasure of working with them every day, making sure our team has what they need and that our company and our professionals are pleased with what we're doing. I also have a special emphasis on acquisitions. So our firm is quite acquisitive and has been over the years. So I represent our Marcom team on, I think it's just over a hundred acquisitions now throughout my career. So that's just a little bit of a snapshot. Perfect. So how did you get into the AEC industry? What's your story? Hmm. That's a great question. (laughs) And this might be a little embarrassing, but when I got out of college, I will admit I did not know what an engineer did, what an engineer was. It was not super prevalent in my school and junior high, high school. So I was a little naive to what the industry was. So when I actually got out of college, I worked for a financial planner and I was an assistant to the CFP and just wanted to get some office experience. I found myself a new grad, no experience. Everybody wanted experience and it was sort of a chicken and egg kind of thing. So I thought, let me just get some real life professional corporate type experience. And then we'll see if if that will be enough to build a bit of a resume. So while I worked for this financial planner, the receptionist there, her and I became pretty good friends. And her mom actually worked at Stantec in Edmonton. So we would go over there for events that Stantec would put on. There would be, you know, pancake breakfast in the summer. Just, there was a lot going on. Stantec was a, and is a big employer in Edmonton. This is back in 2002. And I just, I thought, oh my gosh, I need to work at this company. And surely a company like this will have a marketing department. So I said to my girlfriend at the time, would you mind giving your mom my resume? I will do anything to kind of get in that company. Just throw in a word for me. It was basically what I said. She of course did. So anyways, it was probably a couple months later. She said, Hey, my mom wants to meet you. They have an opening at reception in, you know, the Stantec Edmonton office. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's perfect. I'm in. I went for the interview. I did get the job. And about a year after I was at the financial planning firm, I started with Stantec on reception. So 
<laughs> it's maybe a little unconventional, but I was young and I was just looking to work my way up in a company. So that's how I stumbled into the AEC world. Perfect. So you are in a position that very few AEC marketers find themselves. And for some, it might be their goal to be where you are one day. What has your journey been like to being a young, successful professional? My journey has been interesting, fun. I feel very fortunate. So if I'm jumping off of where I left, the, how I got into the AEC industry, when I started at Stantac in Edmonton, I was on reception, as I mentioned, and I sort of felt this was my end. I will get to know the company. I will get to know the people. And what better place than at reception where all the action is happening? People are coming and going, clients in and out. Every morning you see people, you get to meet people in the company. And at that time, I think Stantec was about 2,200 people, predominantly in Edmonton. So I think about 800 of that was actually in that head office, which was huge. So I figured I'd just pay my dues. I would meet the right people. But then two months after I started, there was actually an internal posting for a marketing coordinator position. And I hemmed and hawed a little bit about it and thought, you know, maybe I should wait. I haven't really put my time in yet. Uh, I certainly didn't want to leave the reception open if I was successful. So I, I hesitated and I thought, no, I'll wait for the next round. And then I remember I said to myself, you came here to do just this. Even if you don't get it, they know who you are. They know you're interested. You've put your name out there. So I quickly pivoted, changed my mind, applied for that position. And again, being fairly young in my career, I ended up having five people interview me. I still remember what I wore. I remember how nervous and scared I was, but it was an amazing experience. It was exactly what you needed. You needed to just be tossed into the pool and you learn how to swim. So I am very pleased to say that I was a successful candidate. I was officially the sixth person in marketing at Stantec. Back in 2002, we were just building a marketing team as a company. We were formalizing it. We weren't quite sure what that was going to look like. So I was very fortunate to get in very early. So from there, it was a matter of, I just, you know, at that time, we all did a bunch of different positions. You know, I used to do all the advertising, the photography, the trade show and the event coordination. I moved into helping out on proposals and pursuits early on. And then as we kept growing and as we kept sort of formulating, what does marketing look at Stantec? I, I raised my hand and I said, you know, I'm kind of interested in these acquisitions. You know, we're growing quite quickly. We're integrating new teams. At that time, I don't think we really appreciated what a brand transition needed to look like for a firm as much as we do now. But I just kept kind of raising my hand to try different things. I love new challenges. I like to learn and I've never shied away from a challenge. So, you know, throughout my career, I just kind of kept raising my hand and, you know, I, I sort of feel you sprinkle in some skill, great timing, maybe a little bit of luck. And I found myself with a lot of really great opportunities very early on in my career, which I recognize now as I look back is probably somewhat unique, I would say. Yeah. Um, in my mid-20s, I found myself sitting around a boardroom with 
much older male colleagues. Typically, I was one of the only females sitting in a room. It's definitely changed today, but there was just a lot of experiences that I had throughout my journey that I'm so thankful for. And ultimately, when it came down to us growing, I was asked if I would ever be interested in relocating. It was part of our annual review. I said, absolutely. I never really thought about it when I was younger. I thought I would stay, you know, born and raised and, and live in Edmonton. But as I traveled, as I met people, as I learned new cultures, I definitely raised my hand. And in 2011, I moved to Tampa, Florida, been here ever since, and really focused my energy on helping our U.S. market grow and brand and become one of the top 10. And from there, it's just been a journey of meeting people, trying new things, honing new skills, ultimately to the point where in 2018, I was a successful candidate in our Tampa-based Top 40 Under 40. So that kind of was a pivotal moment for me to, to sort of help validate the journey I'd been on, the sacrifices I had made, the twists and the turns. It was, it was just a really good feeling for me to know that I, I think I made the right decisions along the way. Perfect. Well, congratulations on the 40 under 40. So at a certain point, you had mentioned that you were in your 20s sitting around a table as a younger woman with a bunch of older gentlemen. How did you navigate that difference, both, I suppose, as a woman and as a woman in your 20s? Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing the highlight reel as you ask that question, going back all those years to some of those very scary, intimidating, what have I gotten myself into kind of moments I've had over the course of my career. And as I sort of reflect back on it, I remember going into those meetings in my early 20s, typically, as you mentioned, the only female, not always, but predominantly the only female. And, you know, one of these things was not like the other. And my first couple of meetings definitely were, oh boy, what have I done? What have I gotten into? I'm not ready for this. And you know, you got to just go for it. You know, and I thought, no, I have been asked to be here. I have raised my hand to be here. I know I'm not going to know all the answers, but I'm also here to learn. So what I really did was in order to be able to build my confidence and recognize that I do have a seat at this table. I needed to build those relationships. And not only in that boardroom setting, but even more so one-on-one outside the boardroom. I made it a point to reach out to leaders in our company or individuals that were new through acquisition or anybody that I knew that myself or my team would be interacting with on on a very frequent basis. And I just started to build a rapport. I wanted to know about them. I wanted to know what their expectations were for myself, from our team. And you start to really build some trust. And I will say that a few of them on occasion mentioned, you know, wow, I'm impressed that you're taking the initiative. I don't know if it was more of a, you don't expect a young person to do that maybe, or It had been a while since maybe they interacted with somebody a little bit younger around that table. I'm not sure what it was, but I did have a few reach out to me and say they were impressed and they were grateful that I reached out to kind of break that ice and build a rapport. So when you do that, 
you know, along the way, when you get that annual meeting or, you know, that monthly meeting, when you're sitting together, you've broken the ice a little bit and it's just a little bit less intimidating. You've already built a little bit of credibility or street cred, if you will, with them by having those conversations outside that by the time you get to the meeting, they do want to hear what you have to say, or they're advocating for what you have to say because you did that sort of pre-work. And don't get me wrong. I want to be very clear that you need to be genuine in your outreach and you genuinely want to build these relationships. This isn't just a check the box. I think it's core to what we need to do as marketing professionals in this AEC industry to be able to have us be heard no matter what age, no matter what gender, and also have us be taken seriously. And I don't know if I lucked out maybe, or I just refuse to see it. But, you know, I never really felt that I wasn't welcomed at that table. Certainly, I didn't get along with everybody over the years. You know, there's always difference of opinions and, and people in general that aren't going to always click. But when I look back and I think about it, you know, en masse, I always felt welcomed. And I'm very appreciative of that. But I do think the building the relationships ahead of time is going to be paramount 100%. Yeah, that's such good advice. One of the speakers that I had on before, who was a career coach, sort of mentioned that, like, if you want something to go through in a meeting, you don't just present it in the meeting. There's a lot of pre-work that goes into it. So it makes sense that that's how you built your credibility prior to those meetings. Yeah. The meeting should be the formality. You sort of do your pitch outside, right? And you gauge the audience. And then it allows you to triage, pivot, make a couple tweaks. So when you get to the meeting, you do have some support on your side. And I, I think that is huge. And, and that certainly helped me being the younger person in the room, probably having them think, what does she know? You know right. what I mean? So, but you know what? It was an awesome challenge. It was an awesome challenge because I wanted to prove that I did belong there. Right. How have you seen marketing in the AEC industry transform throughout your career? Yeah, wow. Big transformation, I would say. Thinking back 18 years ago when I started at Stantec, I think I had mentioned to you that when I joined marketing at Stantec, I was the sixth official person in marketing at that time. And you know, what was happening, I think, certainly at our company, but I think pretty common in the AEC industry was we didn't really appreciate or know, I think, what marketing and like a professional marketer, professional communicator could really do or the skills that they learned in school and the fact that it was, you know, a degreed program, what it could really bring to the table with that different kind of mindset. And Back in 2002, when we were starting to form marketing, at that time, our marketing team consisted of typically an administrative assistant in our satellite offices, sort of the jack of all trades, doing a little bit of everything, growing up in the business, certainly having the tenure, having the relationships. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. And I think that we had a lot of great people that when we went through and sort of started structuring marketing, At that time, regardless if there was a marketing background or degree, we recognized the efforts and the skills that had been developed sort of on the job, if you will, and started really deciphering those that had a marketing sort of mind and those that 
it was just sort of given to you as a task. And, right. you know, over the course of time throughout the years, we've gone from this dispersed marketing team sort of put together, you know, kind of like patchwork to, you know, we really started with job descriptions. We started with, you know, there's an expectation that there is educational background in our craft, you know, business, marketing, journalism, writing, communications, public relations. And over the years through kind of perseverance and meeting with our leadership throughout the years, but most importantly, demonstrating the value that a professional marketing communications PR brings to the table was what really, I think, started the dynamic of, yeah, we do need marketing. Yeah, there, you know, there's that thing called brand or there is writing that we need on our proposals. And over the years, I have seen us go from being even viewed just very an afterthought all the way to, you know, our marketing team here at Stantec has a seat at the strategic planning table and we are working with our leadership on the future and innovation and staying ahead of the curve relative to our competition. And it's been phenomenal. It's been amazing to be a part of. It's been amazing to see. And most of all, it's been really awesome to see what our team can do. And it continues to wow our practitioners with the type of skill and craft that we bring to the table. Yeah. What do you like best about your work? Well, I love my team first and foremost. I'm a true believer that when you have trusting relationships and mutual respect that your team is unstoppable. And so I make it a priority to connect with my team. My team knows that they can come to me with anything at any time. There's nothing that we can't talk about or work through. And I love when I connect with my team and we solve a problem. I think my favorite thing to do is I call it creative problem solving. I love when someone calls and says, Hey, we've got a doozy here. We've got a new one. What do you think? And just sitting down and triaging with a quick solution might be unconventional. Hopefully it's brilliant, but I love solving problems with my team. So you mentioned leading a group of 350 plus people. I know you interact with a bunch of leaders all the time. What do you think makes a good leader? Great question. I would say empathy first and foremost. I mean, don't get me wrong. You need to be competent. You need to know your business, but you need EQ the most, in in my opinion. Relating to people, reading people, reading a room, those are all key to a great leader. I was told, you know, early on in my career that you don't have to be the loudest in the room and you don't have to have all the answers, but listening and learning and observing is what's going to make you a really great leader. So you mentioned empathy and EQ as one of the major skills of a leader. What other skills did you make a conscious effort to develop to get where you want to be? I made a specific point early on in my career and still continue to this day to be uh, what I call a student of Stantec, you know, knowing our business, what we do, who's who, you know, we'll never be the practitioner, but I think honing our skills in to really understand our business is paramount. Staying on top of our marketing industry and all the tools and the platforms that we need to do our job is also key. I, I still remember mastering Quark Express back in the day, which 
I'm sure some will appreciate that program and others will probably not know what it is. I definitely think you need to have the technical skills for your craft to understand, especially in the digital world we are today and all the technology available. But, you know, back to that empathy, you know, I also really honed in on the soft skills, understanding human behavior, how to build meaningful relationships, how to cope with tough personalities and still remain professional. I think some people inherently have that trait. I think some people need to continuously sharpen that trait. One big one for me is, is understanding how people would perceive or receive me in different settings. It's been an ongoing focus of mine. I can definitely be a lot. I am a, an outgoing type A personality. So for me, knowing when I can turn it up or I need to tone it down, but still being authentic to who I am is one of the most important skills that I focus on. Did you have any mentors throughout your career and how did you identify them? I did and I do have amazing mentors. I have been very fortunate, I feel, throughout my career to have some of the best, both male and female, which I think is important. You know, they've guided me throughout my career from when I was 22 all the way through until now. I still have a lot to learn, but knowing that I have people in my corner that I not only look up to and respect, but they have also succeeded in their careers is really inspiring to me. And I don't know if I found them as much as they found me or, or we sort of found each other along the journey. A lot of my mentors, and I don't have many, I will say, but they have been direct supervisors. They have been my leaders. They have been leaders in this company that I've been fortunate to work alongside and really see in action. And I've wanted to emulate who they are and what they've done in their career. So I, I'm a big believer in mentors. You don't need many. You just need ones that work for you, the ones you click with. And like I said, surrounding yourself with other types of people, not just people that are like you, I think are huge. I also believe it's equally important, you know, when you have those experiences with those that you do not look up to or those that are not strong leaders, I've learned just as much knowing who I don't want to be and how I don't want to act throughout my career. And so I truly believe equally as important, you learn just as much. And, you know, when people ask me about my past bosses or past leaders, you know, that were quote unquote tough, I would not change a thing. What would you say to someone who is just starting out in this industry? What advice would you give? I would tell them to be fearless, be authentic, put yourself out there, try new things. And probably most importantly, don't be scared if the answer is no. I'm a big believer that if you don't ask, you don't get, but the answer isn't always going to be yes. And that forces you to pivot. It forces you to take a step back, maybe think about something a little different, maybe try a couple different things to get to your ultimate goal. But in the end, go for it. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. I really appreciate it. It was great. Thank you so much for having me. I had a, a fun time. All right, Marketeers. That's a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kim Austin, and I hope she's given you inspiration for your own career. 
If you are enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Chat soon.